0: Today we're talking with a world-class referral-only affiliate manager about what it truly means to connect clients with affiliates and help both sides of the table achieve huge wins in our partnership. You definitely don't want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to Shatter the Mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited for today's episode. Uh, this is a world exclusive, and this is the first time that at the end of the interview I won't have a link um, where you can connect with this person, because she is literally referral only. And so this is a, a huge get that I have for you guys today. But before we dive into the interview, of course, just want to give a quick thank you and a quick update um, everyone who's continued to pick up and review the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Uh, I really appreciate just you know, all the wonderful feedback I've been getting. I also appreciate all the new YouTube subscribers to... To the Andrew cap channel um, of course if you haven't checked that out I encourage you to go ahead to go to uh, youtube.com slash Andrew cap or if you want to check out the book, you can always go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. It's available in Audible. It's available in paperback, Kindle, whatever works as a format for you. And again, we're just uh, we're growing more and more uh, more subscribers. I'm still shooting for a thousand YouTube subscribers by the end of the year, and we're we're about a month out from it being the one year anniversary of the book's release. So um, I'm really excited to get as as many customer user ratings in there as possible, just so I can look back and say, hey, I did 900 or I did a thousand or whatever in, in one year's time but um, that's obviously totally up to you guys we'll see um, you know how that, number shakes out at the end. But either way, I am beyond grateful and beyond amazed at at all the wonderful enthusiasm and feedback and goodwill and support I've gotten. And more importantly, I'm I'm so grateful for new customers who otherwise never would have been introduced to me and how much they appreciate the book and how much they've really benefited from it. So thanks to everyone who reads the book. Thanks to everyone, more importantly, who uses the content and the law of attraction methods in it. With that said, let's dive straight into our interview. This one is with Kristen. Uh, Let me just say, you're really going to get a lot out of this. This one. So check it out, enjoy, and um, here we go. So today is going to be a really fun and interesting conversation. Uh, Kristen Hayes has been in the affiliate marketing space since 2002 bringing in over $50 million in sales in that time. In fact, when the BNB formula was introduced, which we'll talk about today, Kristen made a $1 million in only 43 days following its launch, and she hasn't lost her touch since, more recently bringing in $1.7 million for a client just this past March. She's a bit like this secret weapon that people don't even find out about, until the right friend refers them and usually you would not even know that she's out there making millionaires out of her clients. And um I'm really excited to to pick her brain and just get her insights and see where this conversation goes. So without any further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Miss Kristen Hayes. Kristen, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to to be having this conversation because you know, there's, it's so interesting. You, I I really meant what I said there. You're like the secret weapon. You kind of keep under this, like you're under the radar. You're just, you're just making bucks for people, which is a really cool thing. And and it actually speaks a lot to people because um, most people don't really understand the, the level of of insight and and intricacy that you have to do in order to help people in the affiliate marketing space. So I'm just excited to kind of pick your brain. And I guess the first thing I would start with is asking you like, what is the BNB formula exactly?
1: Um, So BNB formula, it's Brian Page's offer. He teaches people how to make money with Airbnb without owning the property. Mm. So we started working together, I believe a little over four years ago. So he's came to me with that product. Brand new course, had not really done anything with it. Didn't know what JV meant, and kind of ran with it from there. So it's a really cool offer that literally—I mean, it's for anybody. It's a, you know, we say it's a business opportunity offer, but um, it's done really well within like the real estate space as well. That's kind of the market we kind of tapped into first. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an amazing course. And Brian's just amazing at selling it and amazing at teaching it as well. So it's a great, right. course for, it's for great force for anybody, anybody so, that, you know,
0: So if I'm nice understanding correctly, like it doesn't have to be real estate, you could be doing this if you're, if you're teaching weight loss, for example.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's literally for anybody. I think when we first started, I mean, we started promoting again, like four years ago. So Airbnb wasn't as big then as it is now. Mm-hmm. So we kind of was one of those things like, okay, who do we go to with this offer? Like who would be the best fit and who's going to be willing to promote it? You know, it's not a real well-known area. So I literally was just begging people to promote it. Like, okay, I have to go to the friends. I have to get somebody to test it so we could have some numbers so that we could really roll it out. And um, Jason Lucasey, a friend of mine here from Indiana he is in the real estate space and he was the first person that was like, sure, I'll test it. I mean, it looks great. I'll test it out. And he tested it out and by golly, I mean, it was one of his best products that he had promoted. I mean, I think he did 60,000 in sales immediately and that was really high for him at the time. And it did amazing. Like first promo that we did, $60,000. So it converted like crazy. So then everybody, once we had, you know, the one person that did well, you need to know how that is in this industry, everybody talks. So, then people just, you know, want to promote and get on board and make money. And it, it really hasn't stopped.
0: <laughs> nice. So I hear you describing it in this way and I'm taking the information that I know about you. And really what I'm gathering out of this is basically your superpower is in connecting people, connecting the right people, in the right ways. So that like, in other words, if you have to put an offer out there, who are the type of people where there's going to be a win for everybody? There's going to be a win for the person with the offer. There's going to be a win for the person promoting it. And ideally, of course, a win for anybody actually buying what that offer is because you're, you're putting the right audience in with the right product or service. Is that a fair way of assessing like what you basically do?
1: Yes. Yeah. So I always thought, because I say I'm an affiliate manager, um, But so many people, you know, when they hear that, they think like affiliate broker, they feel like, you know, that's just a person who's literally just going to find the person to promote a product and then just connect them and walk away, you know, and that's it, you know, just make that connection and then leave them to the product owner and walk away from it. And I really try to help them like navigate through the whole process. You know, I try to help my clients so they don't have to be stuck in that, you know, those trenches of. Working with the affiliates, not that they don't want to, but, you know, we need the product owners to focus on what they're good at Mm and selling their products and making their products better and making their products convert better and teaching them to the people who are buying them. And so when they bring me on, it's great for them to be able to focus solely on letting me work with finding people to promote the products and then making sure that they have all of the tools that they need to be successful in their promotions. So right. that's, you know, scheduling them to um, record bumpers with our audio guy. If that's, you know, making sure that we create their funnel, that's a, a personalized funnel Then making sure that we have their personalized links, all of those type of things, getting them their copy, making sure that they promote when they're supposed to like all of those things that are tedious, that a product owner shouldn't have to deal with. Those are the things that we deal with,
0: right? In other words, like I mean, it's it's basically it's a lot of handholding, but it's the right kind of handholding. It's... It
1: is, and I always say, like I I always this is kind of my teasing line that I always say I get paid to be a pain in the butt, but I have to be a very nice pain in the butt. Mm. So, like <laughs> I have to bug people, and I have to be very you know persistent on. It. I have to make sure that I'm you know constantly following up with them, and I always, um, I I will say Brian Proctor, which is Bob Proctor's son. He is probably. The kindest person in the industry when it comes to just allowing me to bug him to death about promoting things and being so kind and knowing that this is my job, yeah, it's not always glorifying, and I don't want to bug people all the time, and I don't want to have to you know keep following up with them, but that is my job that is my right. job i get you know to make sure that I'm getting people to promote, and I'm getting people you know to do what they said that they were gonna do so right. Even though it's not always glorifying, I would say, like, you know, if this was me in person, I probably wouldn't be the same way. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going <laughs> in person, and um, but since it's all you know over calls, over emails, you know, all of that, I I can do it that way. So it's you know again, it's not always the most glorifying thing, but it's building those relationships and maintaining those relationships in order to be able to go back to them long term to work with them.
0: Yeah, like in many ways, you're you're technically, you're an advocate for both sides of the table because both sides of the table need to do something. And if both of them don't do it, then the 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 secret sauce doesn't really work because it takes exactly. all pieces and all ingredients.
1: Exactly. And that's what is so difficult, I think, too, for like even the product owner sometimes to understand. And, you know, sometimes they get upset and they're like, well, we hired you for us. And while I completely understand that, and yes, I am always, you know, they're, That's, you know, that's who I'm working with and I'm doing everything I possibly can to make the product owners happy,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: we want to make the affiliates happy too. I mean, that's a long-term relationship that I always tell people like, you don't want to burn a bridge because you don't know when you're going to have to cross that bridge again. So that's, that's just something that we, I, I'm not willing to compromise relationships and, you know, ethics and, you know, morals just to make a deal happen. That's just not, you know, it's so much so important to me to maintain these relationships, because that's what's going to continue to build and grow everybody's business. The money is going to come and go, but you you would have have those relationships.
0: Right. You, you would absolutely love me because I'm, I'm one of those people where I'm in like in a deal. I'm, I'm carrying my weight. I'm doing my part. And it's almost like a, a competition in my mind where I just want to make sure I get my done, my part done first. So
1: I love
2: that. I love I, I'd probably that. Fit, I'm
0: sure you have a category of dream clients where even regardless of their level of success, regardless of the level of the money that's produced just how easy they are to work with so that you can get on with the rest of the process and actually pull that money in and, and get wins for everybody.
1: It is. And sometimes, I mean, I always say, like, sometimes the products, you might have a product, they're like, okay, I know the product's not the best, but we could tweak it. Like, we can work with it if you have a good client. Like, if there's somebody that I'm like, okay, I love the idea, but I don't think it's quite ready, let's work on it. Let's Mm -hmm. make it where it will be ready for affiliates because they are so easy going to work with. It's like, gosh, you want to make it. You want to make this the best product ever because they are so good. They are so easy to work with. And so, those are those times I'm like, okay, let's. Let's have a lot of you know strategy calls. Let's work on this. Let's make this happen, because you know that they are good. That they genuinely care about the affiliate. They genuinely care about who are, who is going to be purchasing their product. Like those are the people that you really want to work with. And it's not somebody that's just going, okay, why just want to make so much money this month, and we have to hit these goals. Not that everybody doesn't want to hit goals, but you want the long term you know, commitment from everybody. Like, okay, yes, I want to hit goals. And yes, I want to make money, but I also want to make sure that the customers are happy. They yeah. can't, you know, we can't, any, none of us can make money if the customers aren't happy. So, yeah,
0: you, yeah. You need to like pile your wins on a, on a solid foundation rather than a house of cards because right. then they won't really be worth much.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Mm, cool. So it's interesting, you know, I, and I get the phrasing where you talk about like affiliate manager, but you're almost even like a, a business strategy manager in the sense that you've got all these moving parts. I I get the feeling that you understand the ins and outs of all the pieces. You have the marketing insight. You have, you've, you've seen enough of this that, you know, where tweaks might need to be made and why they might need to be made. And you, I imagine you even understand like the numbers behind that, like what kind of percentage increase you might expect when you make this tweak or you make this decision. Is that a, a fair way to describe it?
1: It is, yeah. I mean, I feel like we dive into so much more into it. You know, if a webinar is not converting you, we kind of look at it like, okay, you know, let's dive into the webinar. Let's look where we've lost people. How long are people staying on the webinar? And I think right now that's kind of the biggest thing where, you know, where we're seeing the difference in sales is the length of time people are staying on. So I think that's where we're having to tweak the most of is just because, you know, the state of the world we're in. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's make sure that we're checking those type of numbers and really staying on top of the numbers. Where so many people are like, okay, well, the promo's going, let's just be done and that's it. It's not a big deal. Where, you know, we want to make sure, like, when we're sending out emails, you know, if I'm sending out an email for a client, I'm, you know, if I'm the one sending the email out for them, I'm creating the email that sounds like them. I'm tweaking it. I'm making sure that we're trying to get as many clicks as possible. I'm making Mm -hmm. sure that if I see that the clicks are down from, previous emails or you know, previous um, promos that we've done, find out why, what, you know, what did we say in this email that, you know, didn't really resonate with them.
2: Right. And so it's, you know,
1: kind of diving into all of those numbers as well to make sure that we're getting everything we possibly can to make, again, it's about that relationship. So if we're telling somebody we're gonna promote them and we're telling somebody we're going to have them promote us, we want to make sure we've got all those pieces working. And if we're not looking at all of those pieces while those promos are going, then nobody can be successful. So I think that's where the difference lies is that, you know, we just, I'm not just a broker where I'm just handing them off. Like, okay, there you go. Here's the introduction. We're done. Yeah. it it is You know, we really want to make sure that the whole promo was successful.
0: And hearing you say this, it sounds to me like you'll even get involved in terms of like the copy in terms of scripting the VSL and and tweaking it in that way. And I imagine having the client, you know, record new parts and things like
2: that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it is, it's so important to look at it all, you know, to look at the copy. And I mean, I, we, I just had a client who has a great product. I mean, it's a great product, but the webinar was just too long Mm. and we were seeing that we were getting sales. But we weren't getting the sales we should have been. And so literally instead of, I mean, the webinar, I believe was like an hour and like 49 minutes, but people were dropping off, not because they weren't interested, but they were, you know, that's just a long time now, nowadays. I mean, people, you know, before all of, you know, the pandemic hit and all of that, people would stay on longer, but now we're just not seeing that length of time. So we tweaked it and just added you um, know, the call to action at a little bit earlier where we were seeing before we were seeing the drop off and bef- just as before we could actually change the webinar. He's cha- He has since changed the webinar, but I just wanted to test. Okay. If we add the call to action a little early before we change the webinar, let's just see if we could bring on sales because we knew he was making a pitch early on. He just wasn't talking about the price point. Mm-hmm. And so we did that and we brought sales in. I mean, obviously the conversions were as high as they are now with the shorter webinar, but they were a lot higher. Knowing that we changed just the CTA, you know, in the webinar, how, how much sooner it came on board.
0: Right. Now, as, as you describe all this, obviously, you know, I'm sure there are certain parameters in place that you can really judge by, like, you know, in terms of like, you know, product pricing and, and things of that nature. Based on your experience, you know, is there a certain minimum price point that someone needs to have for a product or service in order to be successful in this space?
1: though so, um, I, before I really liked working with the higher price points. Um, and I do like working with the higher price points. I mean, we did a lot of, you know, 997 has kind of been, you know, the price points that a lot of people have gone with and stuck with. However, I feel like, again, just, you know, whatever I say today is going to, I always tell people, whatever I say today, it's going to be changing. So, um, But with the pandemic, I feel like it's been very nice to be able to offer up a little bit of both, to be Mm -hmm. able to offer a mix of high ticket and low ticket, good quality products. Because some people just, you know, they just don't have that money. They just don't have that source coming in. So the lower tickets can still sell. Obviously, it's going to take a lot more, but they can still sell.
0: Right. And, and, and that was even the thing like I'm thinking in my brain because again, it's not just about, you know, the the person with the product, it's about the affiliate um in, involved also who obviously needs to see a return on their investment if they're going to be trusting that message with their audience, if they're going to be putting out the offer. It's it's gotta give them enough bang for their buck. So like my brain defaults to like like you said, I imagine in most cases there's a minimum price point or just the, the option for that, because otherwise, you know, even if the business owner or the one with the product or service is a good person to work with. Even if they're friendly, they're cooperative, they're nice. If, if their thing isn't really pulling in money, they're still in a way upsetting the affiliate.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And that's just a thing. Like it's, you know, it, and again, we've got to find the right people. We've got to find the right people. And if it's a lower ticket price point, there's a group of people that are just for the lower um, mm. ticket price points. If it's the higher ticket, then it's the higher ticket. But I feel like right now it's a great mix to be able to do both. And right. once they're lower ticket, they still will upsell them sometimes into the higher ticket. It's just getting them in at the lower ticket and getting them, you know, either making money at the lower ticket um, or making them feel comfortable and confident in you that they know that, okay, now I trust them. I could buy the higher ticket now.
0: Yeah. And you know, part of like, I, the reason I'm asking is I imagine you know, people listen to this interview and they're like, whoa, like, you know, Kristen's right for me. Let me, let me check in with her. But it's like, I wonder if they have a hundred dollar product. Is that something that you want to be inundated with questions or it's like, no, yeah, let's, let's see if we can make the hundred dollar product work. Like, um, you know, I, I figure I'd, I'd run that by you because you might get some interest based on people hearing this interview.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like, again, it's more about the product, mm-hmm. the person, you know, obviously the quality of it and about if they're willing to. I mean, I always say, if they're willing to be a team player, if they're willing to, you know, really work with other affiliates. I mean, I get so many times that, I mean, everybody wants the same thing. Everybody always says, oh, I don't want to promote other people. I only want people to promote me. And the biggest thing I tell people is, is that's everybody's goal in life. Is Hmm. to only promote or only have people promote them and not promote other people. But we have to look at it as a relationship. And when we look at it as a relationship, you don't ever want a relationship just one-sided. You know, that you, yes, you can be very picky about who you're going to promote. And those people who are on your list, they are on everybody else's list. Yes, there are going to be certain people who just are affiliate marketers. That's all they do. They just want to promote good products and good services to their list. They build a list. That's all they want. But then there's people who have a great product, but they want their product to get exposure with other people who have great products. So Mm -hmm. we have to build those relationships and say, okay, yes, we are willing to promote your product if you're willing to promote our product. And there are great ways of doing it. You know, we could, again, we could build out the pages where it's, you know, um, very personalized, you know, it's, you know, an actual landing page with the partner on it. So there's no, you know, it's not like you're just sending it to a generic page that everybody else sends to, you know, you really build those pages out. You really build those relationships out. So everything looks amazing. You, I mean, it looks like you really put in this time and effort and you really have that relationship with this affiliate partner. So it's not made up. It's not this made up relationship that people are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just another deal. You really build those things out. So when you say I'm promoting somebody because I believe in the product, you are promoting them because you believe in the product.
2: Yeah.
0: Tony Robbins seems to be good at that stuff. I noticed whenever I see Tony Robbins on something, it looks like this is a legit partnership. You know, there's, everything's personalized and they're in photos together and things like that.
1: Yeah. And like Blake Newbar, we did this when Blake Newbar and I are actually like, we started out together with Brian Page. Um, That's who built all of Brian's funnels in the beginning. And so that's what we started doing with every single one of our partners. Every partner that came on, we created their own funnel. So we every partner that promoted Brian Page with B and B Formula, we create their own funnel. So they had their own webinar. You know, we did bumpers with them. They had their own funnel with you know their bio, their picture, and it does. I mean, it converts so much better when it is personalized.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah, then
1: because- that's.
0: In the end, they they trust the person who sent them the email, but they still don't entirely trust the other ones. So putting them together, it just extends that psychological trust, basically.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing, I mean, everybody knows like, oh, well, um, live webinars convert better. Everybody says this. And for me, they don't. I'm not, I'm still not seeing that. And so I always fight people on that. I don't see that live webinar converts better because we have found that if you have somebody on live doing them, yes, it could. Convert, great. But when we record the bumpers and we record it to sound so much like live that when we play them and they are very specific, you know, they are, we have a person, we have a live person in chat. We have the bumpers. We have, you know, we have that relationship there. But people's lives are so crazy right now. I mean, everybody's computers are taken by their kids or by their working from home. That maybe six months ago or you know eight months ago, live webinars converted great. But now people don't necessarily have that time to say, okay, at four o'clock, I could just be on a webinar, or eight o'clock, I could just be on a webinar. They want to be able to kind of say, okay, I could watch this at midnight when my kids are asleep and nobody else is on the, you know, online.
2: Right. So
1: that's where we're kind of seeing that if they're still personalized. They're, you know, and we still have it where they know that there's a support person 24 seven, then it still converts amazing.
0: Yeah. The heavy lifting has been done. Cool. So just, you know, obviously we're, we're going through like a, you know, a bit of philosophy here. I'm curious cause I'm sure people are listening and they're thinking about, you know, diving into the affiliate space themselves and, and trying to find the right partner. Like what in your experience has been like real rookie mistakes that people make that cost them so much time or money that they could so easily avoid with a different decision.
1: I honestly think like the biggest mistake is that people are not willing to work with other affiliates, that they just specifically want people to promote their product and they're not willing to promote other people. Mm. I think this is kind of where I think that's the biggest thing right now is that that's kind of the mindset some people take on. And it's just, it's difficult because there are so many products and services out there and so many affiliates out there that are willing to do cross promos that when people can't, they'll just move on to somebody else that will.
0: Right. Yeah, it's just basically about having options. Like, of course, if you have a choice between someone that's going to promote you and someone that won't, you know, it's human nature. You're going to pick the one that's going to promote you. And if there's that much selection, so of course they're going to go in that direction.
1: Right. And I mean, I, I, mean, I just had somebody tell me the other day when I was on the call with them and I'm like, okay, well, you know, they, they can't do a cross promo, you know, you know, that's just not what they do. And they said, okay, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to work with them because, you know, I, this is about a relationship. I don't worry about the EPCs and those conversions. I, I worry about the relationship and that's on a relationship to me. And mm. there's no fighting with that. I mean, there, I mean, there's no way I can disagree with that because That's where that's, you know, they're relying on my relationship with the affiliate, but that's sometimes not even enough.
0: Right. So with that in mind, you know, let's say you've got, you know, somebody new to the table, um, new to the party and they're they're willing. They want to dive in. But what if there's like such a discrepancy in the list size? What if the person coming to the table has 7,000 people and they want to partner with someone who's got 80,000? Is that a feasible thing or is that an automatic disqualifier?
1: No, I think it is feasible. And again, I never really judge it based off of the list size. I base off a, you know, off the quality of a list, you know, mm. some people could have 7,000 and still get 200 people on the webinar. They could have a million people and only get 200 people on the webinar.
2: Gotcha. But I
1: really base it off of how many people can you really get to opt into a webinar?
0: Got it. Got it. Understood. Perfect. Um,
1: so, And then again, yep. it's a relationship thing. You know, sometimes people be like, okay, I understand that there is a discrepancy in the size, but if they're willing to promote me now and then say again in six months when their list is bigger, then I'm willing to take that risk on them with my list. So, I mean, there's always ways around it, but it, I mean, I think that, you know, people just need to be open to it.
0: Right. Right. And I imagine, you know, not, not, not to oversell you, but if people are wondering like, you know, how do I even approach in a, in a, a, partner, if they're working with you, that, that work is being done for them. You're the person being the go-between, correct?
1: Right. Right.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Cool. So, um, <clears throat> guess, uh, another question is like, based on your experience, because again, you've, you've been at this for a while, you've seen things, you know, happen, like what for you is the easiest way to get a quick result and a, a quick win from either side of the table?
1: Um, a really a good quality offer, you know, um, right now I feel like, like the business kind of in a box is kind of working for people, Mm -hmm. um, or something that's really helping people get through this time. Like I, you know, obviously again, we'll talk a different, (laughs) a different way in six months. Um, but I feel like any type of method that we could teach people of how to make money, either a passive income how to help monetize what they're currently doing, how to structure a business around, you know, what they're doing, how to change things. Um, I think those are all, you know, big ways to help really get the ball rolling on getting people started and making sure that they have, you know, when, you know, have a good funnel in place, you know, really look at those type of things. Look at how the funnel is, if they're going to, what their ticket or what their price point is, like how, you know, are they going to go low ticket? Are they going to, um, do like a book funnel, like you know, analyze all of those things and really look at what they have. Cause so often people kind of are like, okay, well, I've got all these these different bits and pieces, but I don't really know where I want to go. I don't really want to know what I want to focus on. So I think the biggest thing is that they need to kind of find that focus of what product they want to start with,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then see, okay, do I want to upsell, do I want to downsell, do I want, you know, to add a coaching package on? Like all look at all of those things once you can focus on what your main product is and your main product. I feel like really should be the one thing that you are the most passionate about and that you feel the most confident in selling and teaching.
0: Mm. So really the the key to a big win or a quick win is having an offer that you believe in that really resonates with you. That's really going to serve the customer.
1: Right? Because I I mean, nobody could sell anything better than you if you believe in your product. Mm. I mean, everybody could hear that, you know, in your voice. If you know that your product is good and you know that you have helped people, yeah, then it's going to sell. Especially when you have the testimonials behind it. You know, if you do some beta testing and you've got the testimonials behind it saying, yes, look at these people that I've helped.
2: Yeah. And, you
1: know, it's a win-win.
0: I'm, I'm definitely going to butcher this, so so apologies to, to Ed Milet. But I remember hearing him in an interview where he was talking about it's not even – about getting them to believe you. It's about making them understand that you believe you. It's about the certainty that you have of it, regardless of whether they believe you or not, or regardless of whether they agree or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I always tell people, like when people come to me, like, Oh, well, I'm going to only like, you know, if it's a really good, you know, course, you know, it's a good course. Like I'm only going to charge $97 for this course. And I'm always telling them, if you're not value valuing yourself, people won't value you. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be that people aren't going to buy that product because they don't think it's any good because you're not putting any value behind it. Right. And if you only feel like it's worth $97, then why did you create it? Because everybody else is selling something that's similar for $997. So what was your reasoning to choose that low of a price point when you have spent all of your time creating this? Yes, I understand it's a digital asset, but we also have to understand when we're talking affiliate marketing that half of that's going to go to the affiliate.
2: Mm-hmm. And so yeah.
1: you're already looking at, you know, I would say look at most of the time, fifty five percent out that door immediately. So you don't want to look at it like, are you only worth you know thirty five dollars at the end of the day? All of that time that you've done, no. So you want to make sure that you value yourself. If you can't have somebody else value you unless you value yourself.
0: Mm, love it. So something that pops into mind, again, you know, people are always trying to come with a sense of, of integrity. Um, obviously, you know, people also want to um, make sure that you know, they offer 30-day refunds or 60-day refunds or, or things of that nature. Does that ever complicate the process in terms of like paying out the affiliate? Like, Is it an awkward thing to tell the affiliate, I can't give you a dime or I can only give you very little for the first 60 days because I don't know what kind of refunds might come in?
1: We always try to do a refund period of 30 days is what we try to do. Um, some people will do 14 days. I mean, it just kind of depends on the product, obviously. Um, but how we have been able to, and this is how I always suggest for my clients to pay out the affiliates, is we, depending on how much they make. So let's say they make, it says a $997 offer and they sell $10,000 worth of product. So they make five thousand in commissions. We will pay them eighty percent. It's like seventy or eighty percent of that commission out within that first seven days, mm-hmm. and then we will hold back twenty percent until the thirty-day refund period. So that way, I mean, we you know most of the time you know what your refund rate is, right? So you know where your you know okay maybe I need to hold back. We're going to pay sixty percent. and We need to hold back forty percent. You know yeah. you can work around that, but. <laughs> I think it's extremely important to make sure that the affiliates are taken care of and know that they're going to be paid at least something right away. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest way of getting them to continue to want to work with you is by paying them right away. I mean, exactly. we, I, with B and B, we always laugh because we paid up right away. I mean, we paid out. If somebody promoted us on Monday, even if they weren't fully done with their promo, they were paid out 80% of their commissions on Friday. Right. So if people had an opening in their calendar, we were the first people they would call because they knew they were going to get paid out right away. It was a converting offer. They were going to get paid out. There was no problem.
0: Gotcha. And, you know, not to split hairs, but, you know, you're right. Obviously, you got to know your own refund rate. You're hopefully coming to the table having tested this and having customers on your own. But um, have you ever seen a situation, is there ever concern that the refund rate changes when you're introducing that to an audience that isn't automatically warm to you?
1: Yes. I mean, we, we had a, a launch that, um, they had a huge refund rate, huge refund rate, but they, the product owners, it was a product owner problem. I mean, unfortunately it was a product owner problem that they were, I mean, they were very honest about and took complete fault for and knew that it was on them. It wasn't on the affiliate. It wasn't You know, it wasn't the affiliate's problem. The affiliate did what they were supposed to do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It wasn't, you know, it was the product owner's, you know, fault, unfortunately. And so they paid the affiliate still because they didn't pay them, obviously, the full amount. They still, you know, took some of it back, but they paid them at least 50% of what they should have made because they knew it was on them. So I think there's those times that if it's a customer support issue,
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: it's, you know, a quality of product issue, that's, you know, those are where you need to look at the quality of traffic versus the quality of product
2: right? and
1: figure out, you know, if you're willing to split hairs on that.
2: Yeah.
0: And I would imagine, I mean, you're, you're in this game more than me, but I imagine the higher the price, technically the lower the refund rate in the sense that fewer people like they're, they're either willing to spend the money and, and follow through on the product. And as long as the product doesn't suck then, then we're good. Is that a fair way to put that?
1: Yeah. And I I mean, honestly, like I always laugh too, because I'm like, if it's 997 or below, sometimes people won't even do anything with it. And it drives me insane because we want them to do something. We want them, it's, you know, as, as a product owner, I don't, I mean, I don't own the product, but I feel like, you know, I take all of these to heart. Like these are like my babies. When I work with them, we want them to be successful. So we don't really want these people who buy the product and not, utilize them. Mm -hmm. So we want, I always talk to my clients and, you know, say, let's, you know, let's really make a customer support team and dive into it where we make them successful. Let's build out a, you know, as you know, and I've helped my customer, my clients build out a support team where we do make those phone calls when we get the sales in, let's build out a team that makes just phone calls for the new customers, welcoming them. You know, we could call it whatever you want to call it. Um, but they just welcome those people on just to make sure that first of all, they got their you know welcome email sometimes you know those type of things or do they go to spam, to make sure that they have everything mm-hmm. so that we could eliminate all of those little things that could either create a refund, create people to be unhappy, you know all of those things that we don't want to make the affiliate unhappy so
2: love it,
0: awesome, so. Um, we're starting to wrap up here. I guess I, I did want to ask you just because, again, it's always nice to talk to someone who has so much experience in this and has seen all the, you know, all the angles and all the moving parts. I'm curious, like what for you is the most fulfilling or satisfying part of these kinds of processes?
1: I think really like working for me, I laugh because when I work the whole when I work with a client and I work the whole process, so like when I'm digging into all of it, when I actually get to email their list for them, when I, you know, do the whole thing, you know, I, from start to finish, I see, you know, I help them from, you know, the promo going, I email the list, I do all of that. And I could see it be successful. You know, I could see how we managed it. We've had to tweak it. You know, we've been, you know, deep into it and making sure it's successful. I think that's, you know, that's the biggest process. And those were, those are my happy points. Those are where I feel like we're the most successful, even if it's, we don't make the most money. Mm -hmm. But those are the things that make me the happiest is when we could see that we've been successful in making changes, even if it's to make it better, you know, just to make it better until we can make more money. Yeah, I think that's just the biggest thing for us. You know? so it's
0: always nice to get a client to win and get the affiliate to win also, because in many right. ways the affiliate is also a client on a certain level.
1: Right, and that's why I always tell the—I mean, you know, I tell the affiliates. We, you know, whenever I email an affiliate and try to get um, them promoting us and get them working with us, you know, I always tell them our goal is to make them successful. My goal is not just to get them to pr- like just the, get them to promote our product. We want to make them successful at it we don't, you know, if we get them to promote and it's not a successful promo, then we haven't done our job. Right. So I want to figure out, I want to, you know, help them. I, you know, I might ask them, you know, vetting questions and I know people get, you know, annoyed with the vetting questions, but I'm not doing it to, you know, any other reason, but to help them, you know, like, I want to make sure, how are you promoting all of those type of things? Because while I'm asking those, it's because we want to make sure, okay, if you're promoting this way, we could create these type of tools for you, you know, we can create, if you have a list size of such and such, and we know that your list is well engaged, we can create a personalized funnel for you with a webinar. Yeah. You know, there's all those specific little things that if we know what the affiliate's is bringing to the table, we can help them be successful. But when yeah. we don't know, we just, we can't help them be successful. And then we don't want them going, Oh, well, it didn't convert. Well, it didn't convert, but we don't know why it didn't convert. We, you know, we don't, we don't know exactly how they promote it because we, when we talk about conversions and we talk about how well a product's doing, it's because we know specifically how we have things set up in order to convert.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not a pop quiz to make sure they did their homework over the weekend. It's a way by means of just making sure that you're actually designing a real win for them.
1: Right. Right.
0: Love it. Love it. So, um, <laughs> Usually this part of the interview, I'll I'll ask people like, you know, if people want to connect, where do they find you? Um, I I don't even know at this point, are you referral only? Are you putting yourself there in a way if people want to contact, they might be able to work with you? How how do things work for you currently?
1: I am referral only. So um, yeah, I'm referral only. So I don't have, I laugh because I'm like, I don't have a website. (laughs) I don't have, I mean, I literally have a basic Gmail account. Um, I have a, I mean, I have a Skype. People can always reach out to me on Skype, um, on Facebook. I I think I'm at my, almost at my limit on Facebook, but um, yeah, everything is still, I, I love because I'm not, I mean, it, you're my first podcast. I just have not put myself out there. I just haven't, I've always just done everything very kind of behind the scenes, um, referral based. So yeah, I just- yeah.
0: Which is really making me look great right now because it's like, like this is me because like, a lot of times, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with someone coming on a podcast to make people aware of them, but you're literally doing this as a favor to me. Like It's not even a thing where it sounds like we could be, even have you available to listeners. This is just so that we can pick your brain and give the listeners... Real insights so that when they, you know, kind of go into their own affiliate relationship, they understand a little bit more about what's at play and they can come as less of rookies, more as pros, deliver a lot more value, and get a lot more success for themselves.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I love it, and I appreciate you asking me to be on. I mean, I'm excited that I can be on it again. It's like my first one, so it's a little a little
0: nerve wracking for me, but I appreciate it. Well, I always appreciate the world exclusive. We'll put it that way. Like how many people, it's kind of interesting because people that know you really know and people that don't know you don't really know. But this is actually a really significant world exclusive right here. So I'm grateful that you're grateful, but I'm even more grateful that you're just here. So thank you for that. And I guess to, to close things out, if there was one piece of advice that you would love to give to yourself from the past. And it could be five, 10, 20 years, whatever it might be. It could be about this kind of business or it could be about life. It could be whatever you want. What's the one piece of advice that you would want to impart to the younger, less experienced Kristen?
1: Gosh, that one's difficult. Um, I would say really it's just about being persistent. I mean, I know that's kind of still what I do in, I've just gotten such flack for being persistent
2: mm-hmm. and
1: yes, I've burned some bridges for being persistent, but now over, you know, 15 years after, you know, almost really 19 years of doing this, people have hired me on now at this stage saying, oh my gosh, you literally have been so persistent. That's who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would tell myself that, it'll get better. Like people understand that it does take persistence and and that I'm not doing it to be a pain. I'm not doing it to, you know, really bug people and to do anything but help my clients and help the affiliate. So just to continue on, just to keep doing it and not not let other people get to me as much as they used to. You know, really just kind of stay focused on what I need to do and not take it so personally and just keep keep
0: going. I love it. Well, Kristen Hayes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your insight and wisdom. And thank you for being literally a world exclusive in in a world to a world like basically a pick in a world that a lot of people don't even really understand, even if they think they do, that really creates a lot more value and a lot more impact than most entrepreneurs even realize.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you. I mean, again, this was not something I, I know we've talked about for a couple of months. And this is not something I'm ever very comfortable with. So I appreciate you working, working your magic and making me, you know, do this and have it where it's an easy, easy interview. So it's not, not something that I feel like I couldn't do. So I appreciate, I appreciate you so much that you know, you got me on my shell to do it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, we we made my audience the winners today and, and I'm so grateful to be this first interview with you.
1: Well, thank you. I'm so thankful for, you know, the connection as well. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you again, Kristen. That was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight and your gifts. Guys, if you guys like that one, by all means, now's the time. Pull out that phone. Hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review of the podcast. Let me know how you're liking these guests and how you're liking all this content that's coming out. And obviously, it goes without saying, we've got a lot more on the way in the very near future. Um, So stay tuned. Enjoy. Thanks for being here. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time
2: to shatter the mold.